I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's been a long time, Grace. It has. We had a week off because um, it felt like the right thing to do with what was happening last week. What going on? We were going to do a podcast, but then we thought we don't. We should just be listening to other people right now. I think last week and the weeks going forward, I think that when the Black Lives Matter moment stops in the media, we have to really know how to be keeping that momentum going. Mm. So I've definitely been not really posting much. And mm. Do you know what's interesting, though? Uh, okay, I was I... in the middle of a point. Oh, sorry. It's okay. No, I just think that... <laughs> don't cry. Don't cry, it's okay. okay. But I think that's what's been really actually kind of like important for me because I was constantly like thinking about what I can post on Instagram, thinking about what next funny video I can do, thinking about how I can constantly be churning out content. And I've just been like, okay, the world doesn't need more stuff from me right now. It needs me to just elevate other people's voices. It's interesting though. The, the good, can I give you some good news? Okay. Right. I've had so many people sort of get in touch saying, why haven't you engrossed on a podcast? Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? So there's have me, I. There's me thinking nobody ever listens to it because you never show me yeah. the figures. But I think, look, th- obviously, but I just really want to start by talking about what has been happening. And Yeah, people like our podcast and I hope that people listening have been also following what's been happening in America, here, and like, this kind of movement which has been going on for a long time, Black Lives Matter, but it's really, really sort of, Kicked off. Kicked off in a way and is getting... And, you know, they're seeing direct results from these protests. Like, the people, the, the police officer who killed George Floyd, he will go to jail for second-degree murder. So will the three police officers who were there and didn't do anything about it. Um, amazing support and funds have been raised, like, all over the world to support black people and mm. people campaigning. And there's actually this fund. The girl who filmed the video of George Floyd... She was a seventeen-year-old girl, and if that video, if that hadn't, as you wrote in your piece, if mm. that hadn't been on camera, what Nothing. was hap- what's happening right now? Just you was know, it a seventeen-year-old girl? I didn't know seventeen-year-old girl, and that th- there's been this fund to raise money for her, like you know, because that's incredibly traumatic. And she's so this fund has made like half a million dollars wow. for her. You know, it's because I wrote a piece of the article, <clears throat> and I made the point that had it not been on camera. Nobody would have known who he was. The policeman would have carried on working. The statue in Bristol would still be there. Um, so it's that is the only difference. Here. And actually, this stuff's gone on forever. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And actually, from this case, 
they're now bringing back other cases which weren't filmed mm. you know like Breonna Taylor who was this woman who was basically the police came into her house and killed her for absolutely no reason they thought there was a suspect in her house so they just shot her dead people like that because of the sort of huge momentum that's been caused by George Floyd's death all of these other cases are being reopened and hopefully those police officers will get justice so I, it's amazing that this one 17 year old girl just filmed that mm. and that's really brave because they're like there are police there they could have done something to her for having then, a camera out and the, the thing uh, 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 there's another thing right this, I saw a film today and you're right absolutely that is that is history that stuff is history okay and she recorded a moment in history and it's going to have an effect it's going to take time to see what the effect is because it always does but that is a, like an amazing thing but then you look at social media this morning the first thing I saw was this horrible horrible video of a policeman arresting somebody, I think it was in Hackney, and then loads of other people coming around him and trying to beat him up, and then other people filming it. And so I think we've got a, and, and I really think in America, because I mean, it looks, so what? So who was beating up who? A policeman was arresting somebody. He's grappling with them on the ground, and these other people came around, and one of them had a baseball bat and started trying to beat up the policeman. Right. And then there's just these other people just getting around filming it rather than yeah getting involved. And I think, but it. It's very hard, isn't it? You, you don't really know what to do in situations like that. No, you don't. But I, th I think that the point I'm making is like in America with, I mean, I think Joe Biden has actually been really good this week. Trump, as always, has been terrible. But I think the Democrats have got to be really careful about this defund the police campaign. Because what you can't do is go from these guys are terrible, they killed George Floyd, to all police are terrible. And I think there was a little bit of too much of that in Lon the London demos as well. And I don't know, like, I think I think I will disagree with you on elements of this because ultimately, like, you know, there's all this stuff going around at the moment of, like, how long it takes and how much you need to train as a police officer versus, like, other things. So to train as a beautician in this country, it takes double the amount of time as it does to train as a police officer. So the system in which we give police officers the title of being like establishment who can tell you what basically tell you what you can and can't do and treat you like brute in brutal ways it's so flawed and i mm. think defund the whole defund the police thing it's not saying we should live in an anarchy it's saying we shouldn't be training police in that way be sort of paying into that system which is clearly fundamentally flawed because why have we got police officers who truthfully think that they are better than people and that they can treat people like that. And I read, because I initially was like, I don't really get this defund the police thing. Like, it sounds really scary to me. And then I read this whole thing about what it would actually mean. And it's basically setting up a new system of policing, which isn't the way that it is now. Mm. I don't know. It's complicated. I, I don't, I don't know if I have an opinion, but. I think, that, I think, that, I think it's the word defund says to me. It says to me anarchy. Like, well, it says don't pay them, don't give them any money, don't mm. have a budget. Don't have a police force. Well, that is anarchy. Mm. Uh, but I tell you the thing about you say, where does it come from? Did you see that thing I posted this morning of the two pictures of Obama with all his interns in the White House and Trump? Have a look at it. It's incredible. Obama, lots of white people, lots of black people, lots of mixed race people, lots mm -hmm. of Asian people. Trump, there are hundreds of interns, right, in this intern program. I think there's one African-American in the entire picture. Hundreds of people. Have a look at it. It's absolutely chilling. And have you noticed as well, even on the back of this, every time Trump goes out, there is never a black person in the picture, 
whether it's his security detail, whether it's the people that he meets. So it's very deliberate. And I mean, mm. the good news, as far as I'm concerned, I was talking to Rory, your brother, the other night, and he, who's convinced Biden's going to win, by the way. And as you know, he studies the, da- the, <laughs> he's, the he studies data. the data very, very closely. Um, and because what Trump is doing is doubling down on his base the whole time, which doesn't seem to me a sensible strategy. And I think Biden is actually beginning to find his voice a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think as well, it's that thing of Trump, A, is racist, B, wants to play into the racist mindset Mm. of America, of which it is a huge amount. That's how he won to a certain extent the first time. But I think where Rory is probably right and why I'm hopeful about Biden, I'm worried about certain aspects of him, but I'm hopeful is because Trump, is making huge mistakes right now in terms of how he's dealt with this. I mean, it's obviously showing what he really feels, but but he's been very obvious about that anyway. But he's basically trying to say, well, it's fine because I've got all the racists and I'm just going to play into them. Mm. And actually, I think people are shifting in America. We're not there. We don't know. It's very hard to know what the whole... America's so big, but I do feel that the energy there is shifting. And so it'd be really... Mm. I so hope that... But I just the other it thing I, re- keeps I mean going till November. Know, if, if you think about the the voting under Obama, I mean America always has low turnout. But if every single person who could voted against Trump, it's a landslide. Yeah, and that's what you need to do. Well, I think it's but it's so interesting, isn't it? Like even now, so there have been election like local elections going on in America, and even now I still will see like white celebrities with a massive platform posting vote today mm. and why is it that they can't just say vote, Democrat. vote democrats like you're posting about black lives matter you're posting about police brutality you're posting about all of this stuff why can't you when you tell your 25 million followers to go and vote why don't they just say mm-hmm. vote democrat don't know. Don't know. it's very weird isn't it mm, weird. it's still like even in this even in like people are taking such extreme measures to like self-learn improve in terms of like unpicking our own internalized like white supremacy and racism and they just they still can't say mm. just vote democrats mm. just don't vote for a out and out 100 percent, not white even hiding it racist yeah. yeah yeah and i think johnson's been pretty crap as well mm. i mean uh, you know people have got such short memories there was a question in prime minister's questions yesterday maria, maria miller tory used to be in the cabinet and she was congratulating him on his stand on the whole kind of issue and I was thinking a week ago, right, one, if you remember, he didn't even raise it. Keir Starmer raised it. And then when he was questioned about it by Ian Blackford, the SNP leader, he was so dismissive as to be kind of rude. Yeah. And it was only after the demonstrations. And then when the demonstrations came, his initial instinct was all about law and order. Thuggery. Talk about the thuggery. I know. And then, and the, then he thinks, the oh, I'm getting this wrong. I'm getting this wrong. And suddenly it's all about, we hear you, we listen, we, we you know, no, we get it. No, I know. It. But it was also just like, the, they were so quick to slam down on protesters and condemn them for throwing that statue of a slave trader, which shouldn't have been there, in the river, way before they would have <laughs> condemned any police officer for being racist, for killing someone for no reason. And then it's the same thing when he did that video where he was like, um, you know, don't go out and protest, save lives. And it's like, well, your fucking mate 
went to Durham Dombo. to see his family and stay in a nicer house. These are Which people risking by the way, their Grace. lives because they really fucking care about something that's so important to like our society as a whole. And then, effect, you know, I did go to the demonstration on Saturday and I did, you know, social distance as much as I could. But I still, even if I didn't at points, I was like, it's so much more important that I'm here and that white people are here showing solidarity with mm. the black community it shouldn't just be black people coming out to protest risking their lives um to stand up for something which is all of our problem it's mm. our problem more than theirs we play into white supremacy we have white privilege and i just was so happy at the protest that like there were so many white people who were like we have to be here like we have to show up right now are you going this weekend is there another one this weekend? Yeah, and all these football hooligan lads alliance people say they're going to disrupt it. Right, oh yeah, okay. Then I will go. With a Burnley scarf or not? With a Burnley, if you yeah, want. Yeah. yeah, okay. I'll probably stay away. Yeah, well, you're in a vulnerable category. That's the other <laughs> thing. You are, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must old? say, we are also socially distancing now. I'm fitter than most of those the people. Same yeah, 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 but you are, you're, you know, you're, the, the, the other thing at the protest, it was all young people. Because yeah. they, you know, they can... They're not going to... Well, it's a bit of energy as well. A bit of energy. By the way, the, the, you mentioned Dombo, Durham Dom there. Um, I'm backing this uh, private prosecution plan where I don't even notice this, but there's this, these two very good lawyers. One of them works in, I think, works in Gavin's old firm. And uh, they're, so essentially they're saying that Durham police didn't follow the proper procedures. They applied the wrong... Uh, they, they, they actually... That their logic was flawed. Metropolitan Police haven't examined it at all. Uh, so they're going down that route, wanting it reopened. And if not, if the CPS don't take action, then they're going to do a private prosecution. They're putting together a team for that. And I think that the piece I wrote with The Independent is, is, was really saying that these people who prided themselves on Brexit, we've got our finger on the pulse of the nation, right? On COVID, behind the curve on Cummings behind the curve, on George Floyd behind the curve. Mm. And what you're seeing with Johnson is there's, there's nothing there. There is no. nothing there. But they, they do not have an understanding of... And that's what was so amazing, watching them all react to the Edward Colston statue thing. I mean, I was, I was annoyed about Keir Starmer as well because I thought he could have just been amazing and said, you know what, I actually back what they did because... That statue shouldn't have been there. That man so, was a slave so trader. That man did such terrible things. That statue shouldn't have been. What did he say in the end? He sort of. He was like, it. he was like, no, they shouldn't have defaced it, basically, and obviously. No, he said the statue shouldn't have been there, but it should be yeah, pulled down democratically. Should, yeah, which is kind of right. But I no, I mean. disagree with that, and I, mean. I think that it comes back to that thing of like that was the first moment where a lot of people my age who really like here were like, "What are you doing?" Because we're we're on your side right now. We want you to be great. But if you if you have your finger on the pulse with young people, not a single person of like that kind of mindset would have thought. No, that I think was it's a, a bad I think that's a do. tough caller because ultimately, right? He's he's the guy who's hopefully going to be the next prime minister. Certainly going to be the person who's going to stand against Johnson or whoever replaces Johnson. Because I'm not sure Johnson's going to last, to be honest. And I think it's a very very hard thing for somebody in that position to come out and say what is ultimately was a breach of the law okay it was criminal damage it was all that 
So I think getting the balance right on those things is very, very tr I, tricky. I do, I do very much understand that, and I think that's what you could see he was trying to do. He was trying to still say, I don't think it should have been there. And, you know, maybe... He's good on PMQs, though. Straight, you know, where's the Lammy report? Where's the Windrush yeah. report? Yeah. No, he, no, no, 100%. And he's, and he's working Johnson out, I think. Well, that's good. That is very good. But I think it's... um. I think you're right. I think if you look at the way that the Tories and the government have reacted to all of this stuff that's been going on, mainly around since George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests here, it's like they're missing it. They're just missing the point of it all. And they're so... They look really kind of... Strangely tone deaf. Naive yeah. as well. Like, they don't actually understand what's going on. Mm. And when Matt Hancock got asked about how many black... Mm -hmm. That was so embarrassing. I just thought, like, watching that, I was like, this is such a shit show, watching this, and you genuinely are, like, just saying B-A-M-E, you know. Rishi, Rishi Sunak. Yeah. Married to a billionaire. Patel. I mean, you know. No, I think it's, um, they're, they're crap. They are unbelievably crap. And I just can't quite believe how crap they've been. And I can't quite believe how, I mean, you know, I've got to be careful because, as you know, I get, sort of mildly obsessed about these things but i don't don't know what else you can do it's funny this guy <laughs> i got a message overnight on social on my inbox and my website and she said what do you do all day just sit up in that fucking office of yours sort of writing shit about boris johnson <laughs> and i said yeah it's, it's quite what true else, what else am i gonna do mm. well i think call like, it out you've got to call it out yeah that's definitely true and, and that's that, by the that's... way why i didn't write about george floyd was because partly I mean, I have written about it since, but more in that context than Boris Johnson's reaction, because I agree with you. I think I don't like this thing that when something big in the world happens, everybody thinks they've got to have an instant opinion and they know best. And then you get into a sort of an argument about it. So I stayed out of it for a while. Well, I think and I think but then that's what that's why this period going forward is important for both people like us. Right. Where it's like even I was like. I don't know what to say on this. I don't want to get it wrong. But actually the point is, and I, I've spoken to so many black people in my life about this. It's like, it's more that you try and that you show you're trying and that you show solidarity with black people who aren't just going through the stress of what's happening in the media right now. Now they go through it all the time. They experience racism all the time. If they're in a country like here or the US, they experience racism from when they're born and in very mm. subtle kind of microaggressive ways. But so it sometimes, and that's why I'm glad you did eventually write that piece, because I do think it's really important. And I think it's really important we're talking about this on the podcast, which is why I wanted to do this, because I presume most of our listeners are white. And it's white people that need to be having uncomfortable conversations right now. And I'm having uncomfortable conversations with myself, having uncomfortable conversations with my friends. And we all need to be having these conversations. It, and it's so bad that some people, myself included, are only realising this now. But at least we're realising it now. Because look at someone like Boris Johnson. He refuses to see this stuff. And the same with Trump. And this is why you get people with that level of like ignorance and they don't actually know they don't actually understand how they can help people because they have never once stopped to think what have i got because i'm white so how did he how did he ever become london mayor because he did he did actually have a, a time he he posed as a kind of liberal progressive always getting photographed with black people yeah i think that that was probably like 
slightly di- he was pitching himself as a slightly different person and i think you know even by then the stuff he'd ri- he'd still written some really fucking questionable things picking anies yeah he'd said some really i mean the um the post box that was after that was, was recent that was 2016 was it really yeah was it yeah wow very recent no, the picking the thing about the queen loves the commonwealth because, that was like 2003 yeah but that was that's so that was him he's a journalist but that's him that is who yeah, he is. 100%, yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think this is what I keep thinking about. And like, at the end of the day, I hate that phrase, but at the end of the day, Dad, we can look at people like Boris Johnson and be like, well, they're fucking shit. He, he is categorically a racist. Stuff he said, stuff he's done, time and time again, he's just proved himself as that. We can look at them and think that like, oh, we're so much better yeah, yeah, than yeah. them. Yeah, I get that. And actually... There's all, you know, there's all stuff that we can be doing. And I think, like, mm. that's what's, in a way, it's kind of exciting because mm. I feel like we're, we're all turning, like, a lot of white people I know are really, really, really wanting to do this work on themselves. And that can only end up with progress. Well, too, if you look at that Trump intern I'm picture, scared to look at you'll that. be sick. You'll be sick. Really? It just shows you how backward they've gone. And it's so deliberate. They're all white, fresh-faced college boys and girls with red ties and i mean it's horrific it's like that do you remember in um the thick of it no in uh, in the loop when malcolm tucker goes to the white house do you remember the boy comes and he's like he's like i've come to meet you and it's like a 16 year old boy <laughs> there's you imagine a room full of those with donald trump in the middle and then you look at the picture of obama and it's like multicultural and it's horrific what's happening in america it's horrific it is horrific yeah it is and you know what like it's it's gonna go on for a very long time i think now this like it'd be so so amazing if trump loses and obviously i mean how will that work like how will people be able to canvas will people be able to campaign really well he's talking about bringing these rallies back already i mean i don't, I don't know is the answer um will they go and vote physically yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing he'll do, he'll do everything he can to try and dampen the turnout mm. down, I guess. But look at, you know, you've got a situation, I know I'm slightly obsessed with New Zealand at the moment, but they're going, they're going back to big sports events. They've got big rugby derby this week. And That's they're going to be in the stadium. Because they've dealt with it. So, you know, mm. it may be that that kind of thing will come back here. You know, we still haven't got the behind closed doors football going yet. We're not. I thought we had a match the other day. No. Oh. No. It's soon, but it's not yet. The, Ger- the, the, the German, Bayern Munich had another good win, Grace. Mm. You saw that, yeah? Mm, yeah. Sador. I mean, Bayern Munich have got to be the best team in the world at the moment. They are, yeah. I think so. They're the only one playing, right? <laughs> no, all the German teams are playing. <laughs> um, so what have you been grateful for then? Well, I think what I was going to say is I want to do grateful, but I also want to do like maybe a little bit of one or two things that I've learned in the last few weeks. In mm. the last few weeks. Well, I'm very grateful for... The fridge. No. I'm very grateful for what's been happening on the internet in the last few weeks. And honestly, and you're not really on Instagram in the same way, and you don't follow the kind of people that I follow, but, like, the conversation that's been going on around race and Black Lives Matter and all all of that, I just feel like something is really changing and I feel like I'm really learning and I feel like I posted this thing on my story yesterday and I can't remember what it was worth for, but it was like white people, you basically need to just get better at admitting you didn't 
do something right. You know, that we're not, with this stuff, we're not always going to get it right. But did you feel the same when the Me Too thing was at its height? But did you feel the change, that was a moment of change? And do you feel that change has come? Def- I do think that change has come with, in terms of, like, relationships and, and sort of, like, the, the dating world. And in my knowledge, like, I, do, I can't speak for everyone in the world, but I do know that since that, the kinds of experiences that girls like me, girls my age, used to go through all the time, all the time, just because it was part of being a woman, that has really changed. Really? 100%. Yeah. So I do think it's, a, you know, that was a really big thing. It's not nowhere near done. But I do, but then th- with Black Lives Matter, it's not like I'm, I'm not a, a victim of this problem. I'm a perpetrator of it, like we all are. And, that's, and it's this thing of basically putting this idea that you're perfect mm. and that you know it all already at the door yeah. and just say, I'm so willing to learn. And I'm listening to this audio book called Whip Me and White Supremacy. And it's like a, they have like a tool, toolkits of like, you have to stop and write things down. Like when have, have you, when can you remember ever sort of being, having white fragility, which is basically when you get really defensive as a white person, when someone t- starts talking about race, because you think they're accusing you. It's a bit like when men go, not all men are like that, you mm. know. Mm. Um, and so it's just been really good. And anyway, I just feel really grateful for that. I feel really grateful for like having the people in my life that I have who are sort of being, I guess, patient with me doing that process. And I'm just grateful that so many people in my life are really trying to improve themselves in this way. I think it's an amazing moment. Mm, Okay, cool. So thank you very much for listening to me. (laughs) Grace Campbell. (laughs) I, um, I've been doing all these videos, you know, for, you know, the book that got cancelled. Well, it didn't get cancelled, Dad. You don't say that. Postponed. 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 If you say cancelled, people will think, oh, yeah, well, yeah. I won't I won't go and pre-order that now. Because yeah, I think they should. They, they, they should, should pre-order. Yeah. Is it, there's a pre-order link out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my On God. On the website everywhere. All pre-order Definitely it. pre-order. Well, don't say Living better. then. That's all right, what I meant, the, publica- the, the publication <laughs> day was cancelled and postponed, yeah, postponed, right? So what I've been doing... This week, as you know, because you've been helping with <laughs> with the tech, is doing a load of interviews with people, famous people and not so famous people, but really just about what lockdown has done for their mental health. And it's been really, really interesting, actually, because I won't say who they are, because we'll put them out at different points, but people that I would have thought would have really sort of, you know, taken it to it like a duck to water have really struggled. Other people that I thought would have struggled have actually really enjoyed it. Uh, there's actually one guy I talked to who said it's been the best, best two months of his life. <laughs> felt no pressure. I mean, and, thinking and also a lot, a lot of reading the a lot. You were talking to are people who are normally very, very busy because mm. I listened into some of them, and a lot of people were like, "I've never had a period in my life where I've just been still and not mm. doing." I mean, I've never, heard, I've never heard the Queen talk like that before. Have you? No. I mean, no. the way she. I can't believe she cried. I know it was. It was. She was the. She was. She, she cried, was and then she said that she's been in love with you ever yeah. since she met you in nineteen ninety-seven. Is that what she said? Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember that bit. <laughs> she was good, and I thought um, Michelle Obama was terrific, wasn't she? Obama <laughs> was amazing. So anyway, watch out for the video. <laughs> no, but some of the people you did actually do, you didn't do the Queen and Michelle Obama, have been on our podcast, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Three people. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But what was interesting was I, I found of all of them, they all had something slightly different to say. Very interesting. And I think what I've, I don't know if I've learned, but the, what I was struck by was that if I took a centre of gravity for them, I think most of them have adapted by becoming less busy 
And I don't think I've done that. I think, if anything, I've been a bit manic. And I feel I have to be on the go all the time, even though it's all in this space. Yeah, but that's that's just kind of a big coping mechanism for you. Mm. And I think that's something that you've always had. Mm. I'm very excited about the piping thing tomorrow, though. Do you want to tell people that? Can I tell people? Can I tell of course them about you can. It? Yeah. So 80 years ago, there was a thing called the Battle of Saint-Valéry. And it was like, it was people who'd been left behind after Dunkirk. Lots of them got killed. And one of them, a guy called Donald McLean, he wrote this, he got, he got route marched from France to Poland. And he wrote this absolutely beautiful tune um, called The Heroes of Saint-Valéry. And tomorrow, Friday, 10 o'clock, it's going to be a world record mass everybody playing the same tune at the same time Aww. so 10 o'clock you'll have to be there to film it for me grace um it's all put out on social media all playing this tune at the same time and the last i saw the sign-ups it was something like five i mean every continent in the world how many people 555 players uh-huh. um that that so the number of that could be more because it could be groups playing they could be you know bands i don't know and the record for the mass pipes before is 333 okay. in Bulgaria. Oh, wow. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? So, but it's such a beautiful tune. Okay, well, I'm sure I'll be, uh, what's the phrase? Uh, wheeled doing, in to you, film you, you that. wheeled in. Because I've got to do it for Twitter and Instagram Live. Yeah, yeah, okay. don't worry, Dad. I, so I'll be it. able to yeah. do that. There was something else that I wanted to talk about that I've just remembered. Um Oh, I had a dream last night. It was so weird that basically, you should make a speech about that. Instead of the clap, the NHS clap, the Archers came to our street. You know the BBC show, The Archers, and they did a live performance of that song. And you got really pissed off, and you were like, "Excuse me, I'm the only musician on the street." And you went down, and you got really annoyed at them. And then Jon Snow was there, and Jon Snow was reporting, and he was like, "Alistair, chill out. Like they're just trying to do a little performance." What a weird dream. It's a really weird dream. So we were talking earlier, you were talking earlier about, you know, that feeling of um, not wanting to talk about, at points, what's going on in America because you you're worried that, you know, it's not really your place to talk about. Someone who I wish had applied that same energy is J.K. Rowling, um, who has on multiple occasions come out and said just really, like, horrible, minimising things about trans people and trans women, like, not being women and... Minimising their experiences, basically, and it's just like very damaging. It can really affect trans people's mental health, and just t- telling someone they're not what they are over and over again. And so she came out, and you know, it was all over Twitter, and and said some just awful stuff. And then instead of sort of saying sorry, I shouldn't have said that, right? She then brought out this like apology letter, which was just. It was there were so many problematic things about it. If you don't feel comfortable talking about this, we don't. We really don't have to. I don't mind. It's just, I don't. It's, I've said to you before. It's one of those subjects. I just don't. I really don't feel I'm. I know enough about it. I don't know. I don't know people. Uh, do I know anybody who's transitioning? I, I do actually. I do. Yeah, but I don't. I don't really know them. I don't. And I. Th- I, I always think with these things. It's like that day that J.K. Rowling put that thing out, which I know you were very angry and very upset about. And that was going on, and the whole protests were going on, mm. and the COVID thing was still going on. 
And there was something else happening that day that I just, I was actually one of those days where I just thought, I'm pulling out of this. You know, one of the things, I was talking to Jeff Stelling the other day, and he, and he, and he, he was saying that, you know, the, I don't know how you're still watching those briefings. I don't know how you're still following the news so much. And actually, I just decided that day for a few hours, I just plugged out the whole lot. But I think that was the really weird thing. It was like there was so much going on. We're in the middle of a pandemic, okay, which is still nowhere near over, especially in this country. There is a huge sort of civil rights movement going on all over the world, taking place in this country. People are dying. Like, why do you need to just randomly, with your millions of followers and your huge amounts of privilege, send for a minority, a group of people who have it so shit in so many ways already? Mm. Like, it was so unnecessary. And it was just like, it was just, I found it so... Yeah, but you also you don't know. It's like, I mean, you, do, you never know. It's like the other day. The, the 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 only thing I've done on on social media that I wish I hadn't during this whole period was that thing when I I wore Donald my brother Donald's mm -hmm. military medals for a video and I was taking the piss out of Johnson. And but at the time, as you know, I was I was a bit manic. Yeah, and but so, the thing, the, so you don't, all I'm saying is you don't know. We we these things happen, and then we analyse them as though well, that's the person that we know. No, but she, this isn't the first time she's done this. Okay. Well, no, see, no, I, she's I done didn't follow it. So many times. Okay, it well, was look. just the timing of this Ooh. one was just bizarre because it's like, you've already said this stuff. People already think you're a turf. Why do you need to choose today to just do it again? It just was very, very weird. Mm. But I understand that. I'm not saying like... That's got nothing to do with turf more, is it? No, it's not. That was a good joke you've already said to me this weekend, but I knew you had to get it in because it was a good joke. So well <laughs> it is a good joke. No, Turf Moor's got nothing to do with the turf, okay. thank God. Okay. Um, but I just think... She's I, still... Yeah, okay. I understand, like, what you mean in terms of you don't know what anyone's going through, you don't know where they're coming from, like, you don't know, like, what experiences they've had that have informed these opinions. Mm. Fine. I do, however, think you should use this platform that you have... To not for any reason basically inspire hate in another... Mm. You know the average age of a trans person in America is 35 because they either die from suicide or are murdered. Like the average age of a trans person is 35. You mean the average lifespan? Yeah, the, sorry, the average lifespan. But that, and she said on Twitter, she was like, if this, if this group of people was going through anything, I would help them. I would stand up for them. And it's like... They're going through so much already. Like, people are questioning them as people all mm. the time and their rights to live and identify as how they want to. Mm. Anyway. But I, I, I get that, and I, I, can see where, I can see where you come from. But then at the same time, what I don't like about these things is where it's back to the whole thing about there's never enough nuance. There's never nuance. Everything's going to be black and white. So she does that. Therefore, I mean, if I think about J.K. Rowling, I think about what an incredible cultural phenomenon she is. Amazing. She's going to be like, you know, Dickens in a, in a different sort of way. She's going to, her name is going to be in literature forever. Um, I think about what <laughs> brilliant she was during the whole Brexit thing, uh, calling it out for the shit show that it is. I think about the loads and loads and loads and loads of money that she gives to different causes. So I think it's important. And then as I don't, I'll just be honest about this, as I don't have a for my mind, a deep enough understanding of the issues, I actually plugged out of that. I didn't look but, at what she said. The, I didn't read but, her okay, blog. Okay, so the point here is, and this is where, like, that feminism is flawed in so many ways, but this debate between, like, TERFs, people who don't think trans women are women, shouldn't be able to be part of feminism, and feminists like me who think that 
they should be so part of the conversation that we should at this point when they're really struggling in loads of ways be supporting them and not putting them down and I think the point is is like you're not gonna comment on this issue right because fine you don't think you know enough that's fine you keep your mouth shut right because there's no need for you to get involved in a conversation that you whatever you say if it might cause damage there's no point in doing that and I think it's hard with JK Rowling because she's a woman and and she has this opinion on whether or trans women should be women and and I understand like that's an opinion I completely disagree with it and I will argue that forever that trans women are women and I always always argue that and I've had arguments with you know women of that generation but I just felt with that it was like there were other men with big profiles on Twitter then piping in like men of your age then piping in and it's like you don't really know what you're talking about here so just shut up but that that's that that is one of the things that did you see, I, I posted that thing, I sent it to you. I just thought it showed how much the world has changed. That speech by Robert Bobby Kennedy mm-hmm. on the day that Martin Luther King was assassinated. What is extraordinary about that today, seeing that today is that somebody as huge a figure in American politics at the time as Bobby Kennedy making a speech to a very large audience about the assassination of Martin Luther King and they didn't know it had happened. Right. Because... I, I haven't watched it. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. Oh, Grace, you've got to see it. So they didn't know it happened? No, so he's making this speech, and he tells this crowd the sad news, and then he makes one of the most incredible speeches okay, you've ever seen. Okay, I will see, watch it. Where he, he basically... So he, and he was a friend of his, right? So Martin Luther King's been killed. Because there's no social media, there's no 24 News, all that stuff, this crowd that he's about to speak to don't know that it's happened. He knows because he's like a big deal in the government. So he goes out and he, he literally says to them, like, I've got some really bad news for you. Martin Luther King's been assassinated. There's all this sort of screaming and, you know, people really upset and what have you. And then he just makes this incredible speech about, I mean, honestly, you've got to watch it. And if only there were people like him in American politics now that, mm. that were in the government. Mm. I mean, he basically says, you know, what Martin Luther King would want would, you be, would, you, would be to forgive and and to, to carry on fighting for what we believe. It, it is one of the most extraordinary speeches you'll ever see. Well, I think as well, like... And you told me you'd watched it when I sent it to you. Did I? Yeah, you did. You send so much stuff on WhatsApp, Dad, and I'm so overwhelmed by <laughs> WhatsApp and social media in general. And you okay. send stuff every five minutes. And you and Mum are like, Not did you look at that thing I sent you? Did you look? And I'm like, you send me like 20 things a day, both of you. And I just don't look a lot of the time because okay. I have other stuff that I'm I did doing. say at the top, this is one of the most amazing speeches you will ever see. I did say that. I'm going to watch it, I promise. But I just, maybe the thing that, just to sort of round this this episode up oh, we're, we're closing are we yeah i think we should okay. um because i've got i've got to do yoga oh, so, yeah. but i think um it's easy about yoga, easy yoga it's about oh shut up it's about us doing more right now and if mm. you're listening and you've been following what's going on there is always more white people can be doing you can be donating to loads of different charities the bell project the, the, there are so many organisations raising money um, for Black Lives Matter and like people who have been arrested at the protest. You can be reading books like Me and White Supremacy, One <coughs> No Longer Talking to White People. Living Better. About race. Pre-ordering. <coughs> Living Better. Okay, Dad, come on. This is not your moment. This is what I mean. Just white people is such a problem. Um, there's so much we can all be doing and I think it's a really, really important time for us to not just be like posting stuff on Instagram and saying we're going to do this and not doing it. We need to all be addressing 
how much privilege we have and what we can do to make a difference. And also if you're a parent of a young child, how you can raise someone to be an ally, not to be racist. Same as how you can raise someone to not be a sexist, you know? Next generation. It's really important. And that's why you did such a good job on me. <laughs> By the way, if you're, if you, I, I, I'm going to do one little plug. Go to my blog, alistacampbell.org, and read the 50,000 words that I've written analysing Tory MPs' letters to constituents. If ever you want to see total organised bullshit and hypocrisy, it's all there in black and, and white. And org is going to be getting a revamp soon. So when you log on, you will think, God, this looks retro, but it's going to be getting a revamp is soon. It? <laughs> we had this conversation yesterday. Yeah, I didn't say I was going to do it. I mean, I know, <laughs> you know, I know but I mean, I just can't be bothered. No, I'll tell you, it it's doesn't look of, bad. It's one of Rory's just... poker mates sent him a message. <laughs> Probably this guy's like a multi-millionaire professional gambler and he sent Rory a message saying your dad's website awesome comment shit layout yeah but I think it'd be really easy to change look yeah. 2020 dad yeah well revamp come on hey ho bye 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 lovely to talk to you thanks cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.